another edition of At the Devil's Ball, the podcast where we talk about horror uh, and genre films in a positive and constructive manner. Uh, I am Nathaniel. Uh, and I am Samuel. And Samuel is here. And uh, we're starting off um, Argento month, Dario Argento. Um, uh, we actually haven't done an awful lot of international work. Um, we No. It's something we should be doing more of. Um, uh, and probably aren't going to happen this year, but <laughs> next year, maybe. Um, yeah, we're you know, we're vamping out our episodes for the rest of the year, and it's still it's still mostly a American fair. All United States, yeah. Yep. Um, but uh, but we're we're doing uh, uh, Dario Argento, which actually was technically kind of picked by you, the people. Um, I put out a little poll last month uh, to help me decide what I wanted to do this month, and Argento won in what was technically kind of sort of a, a landslide um with like four of the other options sense of the vote uh found footage the omen mm-hmm. and haunted house movies ah yes that's right and um argento kind of killed it and i was shocked because i didn't think it was going to go that way i thought it was going to be found footage or um haunted houses i right. did not think dario argento was going to win i would have almost equally liked to have done i mean Dario Argento is much more dear to my heart, but I always would have equally loved to have done found footage because so many people just like hate on it for no fucking reason. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I mean, it would have been, any of them would have been fun, but like, you know, right. um, which is why I thought of all four of them. I was like, well, you know, and I figured found footage was going to win and it did not. Um, so we're, right. now we're doing Argento uh, beginning with uh, Suspiria, which is almost certainly his, his most popular film um it might be his best film right um it's i uh, think it's his best film and i think i mean because how many of his films are like legitimately one of the greatest movies ever made i mean yeah well that's interesting because i think we'll we'll talk about that because actually I, I think i actually prefer his yellow work a little bit better but right uh, um i i, but don't I mean just think... in, in in terms of like you know larger society like every time they do a list of like you know the best movies or like the best horror movies like this oh, yeah. is the one that gets in there absolutely yeah um and for good reason so yeah i mean it's easily his most it, which is again we'll talk about this actually because i'm like it's actually oddly enough it's his most accessible movie despite the fact that it's his least at least accessible movie <laughs> right um but um but before we jump into that why don't uh, why don't you do the vitals and right. uh, we'll uh, we'll jump into this discussion about suspiria all right so um suspiria was released on I've covered up my notes. Uh, August 12th, 1977. Uh, it did about 21.76 at the box office inter- internationally. Um, I'll do a couple of the technical aspects because it's important in a film like this. Um, yeah. It was released in mono, but also in four track stereo. Um, it was shot and the negatives were 35 millimeter Eastman, but then they uh, color process it through one of the last remaining three-strip uh, Technicolor processing machines. Um, a lot of people thought it was actually odd the three, the three-strip Technicolor. It was shot that way, but it wasn't. It was shot with because they didn't have any of those cameras left. Really, um, that was the process where they did like red, blue, and green on different films, yeah, and then process them together, which is how they got away with doing all these, you know, color processing effects that wouldn't be popular again until like computers took over um <clears throat> let's see it was written by dario argento and uh daria nicolodi i believe it's uh and apologies in advance because there's a lot of italian names that i'm going to mispronounce <laughs> um 
Uh, music, of course, was by uh, Goblin, who at the time was uh, Dario Argento, uh, Agostino Marangolo, uh, Massimo Morante, Fabio Pignoletti, and Claudio Simonetti. Now, as far as the cast goes, we have Jessica Harper as Susie Banyan, Stephanie Cassini as Sarah, Flavio Buki as Daniel, Miguel Bose as Mark, uh, Barbara Magnolfi as Olga. And I just hit the button, so now I'm going away. Uh, Susanna Javacoli as Sonia. Eva Axon as Pat Hingle. Uh, Professor Milius was played by Rudolf Schundler. Uh, the great Udo Kier was uh, in one scene as Dr. Frank Mandel. Yeah. Uh, Alida Veli was Miss Tanner. And uh, Joan Bennett was Madame Blanc. And that does it for our vitals. Yep. With most of the cast and with speaking lines. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Daria Nicolotti um, uh, was, um, ended up being in a lot of uh, Argento's work. Uh, he, right. they, were, they were actually together at the time yeah. of Suspiria. Uh, she's a, a wonderful, uh, influence on Argento. Uh, actually, I was just watching not too long ago the, um, even though I don't particularly like the documentary, the uh, In Search of Darkness documentary, talk a little bit about Argento. And um, uh, one of their talk, one of the talking heads was Heather Wixon, uh, mm -hmm. really wonderful uh, uh, critic and uh, writer online, mentioned Daria Nicolotti in particular, being like, you know, she's often overlooked as uh, as this influence in Argento's work. And, yeah, she was like his muse for a while. And, yeah, you know, she, and she was supposed to star in this originally. I, she was originally supposed to star yeah. in this. Yeah, um, and um, and it didn't. It, they ended up going with Jessica Harper instead. Um, uh, Daria does appear in it. Um, she's in the opening sequence at the airport, and she, I think she does the voice of uh, Helena Marcos. Um, but, um, but she would end up going on to star in Deep Red, uh, and, uh, Tenebra, I think, which we'll be talking about in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. She's in that as well. Um, but yeah, so she co-wrote this, uh, and apparently well, Deep story... Red was before this, I believe. Wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, because the success of that was what led to him getting this yes. one. I... Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to imply that it was later. Yeah. Um, it's, um, but yeah, she was uh, she. But they were together at the time, and uh, she she co-wrote this uh, script, apparently based on a lot of based on uh, her she yeah that and some experiences she had as a dance student, I believe. Right. Uh, or, or was it a uh... shit? I forgot it the story she was told. Yeah, it might have been uh... a story she was told. Yeah, about um, like her grandmother. Yeah, I think it was her grandmother. Or something like you know, she knew somebody who like like left a school because of witches or something. Right, right, right. Which Back is in the olden times. Which is essentially the plot of this movie, which is uh, Jessica Harper is an American uh, ballet student who is uh, accepted into this prestigious academy in. Right. It's a German academy in Italy. I was That's in wrong. Germany. Is it it's, in Germany? Okay. Yeah, it's in Strasbourg. I think Streisberg or so. yeah, yeah. Um, it's just be before we even get into anything else, maybe yeah. we should talk about um, 
uh, the weird geography and language issues with this film because a lot of these films were shot where everybody showed up and talked whatever language they knew. Yes. And they would go and record over it. Yeah. Which adds to the dreamlike atmosphere. But it also it also gets confusing because you're like, where does this take place? Right. (laughs) And where is this at? Yeah, but it has a lot of German, you know, famous German landmarks, and it was shot in Germany. And I I believe the opening narration says it was like Strasbourg. She arrived in Strasbourg. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably not remembering the name of the city right, but yeah, yeah. I mean, so I'm like, yeah, but it was still. I'm like, wait, is this is this in Italy? Um, right. But yeah, it's um. But yeah, it's 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 kind of even though it, it says that and it shows it shows German landmarks and stuff, it's still kind of supposed to be anywhere. Right. Like it feels very other than the fact that Susie is American in Europe. Yeah. Um, which is a key. well, I mean, the black the Black Forest of Germany plays a large part of, yeah. of it as well, but the Black Forest kind of goes between it's all in that area that's like between like switzerland and italy and germany and shit you know right but this is but it's also meant to be fantastic in the sense it's also kind of based on snow white and the Seven dwarves uh so it's sort of like it's supposed to be dislocative that they're like yeah technically it's it's in germany i guess but yeah but it's also supposed to be kind of like it's not really germany it's magic it's, it's magic germany yeah, it's you it's, know it's, it's fairy tale Germany. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's a it's it's fantasy Germany, you know. Um but yeah, it's um but yeah, Sabine so Jessica Harper, she comes to uh as Susie Banyan, she comes to to Strasbourg, she's gonna study at this academy, and ostensibly what it boils down to is that they're witches, but they don't have any particular evil plan for her. Right. They don't. It's it's one of the things that's fascinating about Argento movies, um, and we'll talk about this again with, with more of the rest of the movies. Is um, I, I love the Argento hero because they actually aren't really even heroic; they right. just are morbidly fascinating. Um, and we'll see it a lot with it's it comes up a lot more in his giallo type work, where our de- the detective characters are usually like are just really fascinated, and right. if they just they, if they just went home, nothing, <laughs> it would be over. Nothing, right. Yeah, nothing would happen to them. Um, yeah. In this one, she doesn't exactly have that choice, but uh, ostensibly, like, it's one of the things that I always know about this movie. Is that, for whatever reason in my head, I always remember, like, well, they wanted her for something, right? No, yeah. <laughs> they don't. Or do you think they do? Um, I think they're just, um, they're, it's never as explicitly said in the plot. Yeah. Um, one way or the other but i think i think um it's meant to be that they're they're feeding off of and grooming these these kids mm-hmm. and some of them they're grooming and to become part of the part of the cult and some of them they're just using for food uh psychically or otherwise i'm not 100 sure mm-hmm. um but i i get the sense from this that they're that she's in the grooming category for some reason I'm not 100 percent sure why. It's it's a lot. It's a lot more clear in the remake. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they basically explicitly say what what she's for. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not that's neither here nor there for yeah. this because that was 30, 40 years later. Yeah. Um, yeah. And comparing, no, they never really say here. And comparing those movies, that makes no sense. Like no. Uh, other than the basic premise. Yeah. 
which is why I actually love the remake of Suspiria because I I feel like we should make more remakes like that. Which is so oh yeah, where you take the original premise and you just go off and go off and do your own it. thing with it. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. Even though Argento himself hated it right. because it wasn't colorful, but like, the director was I like, I would agree with that. But the, but the director was like I'm, like I'm gonna like I'm gonna fuck with that. Like, right, you know, right. like i want to like i want to like throw down with argento no i like, just think they might have went too far in the other direction and it's kind of it's kind of muddy but you know i mean it's supposed to be though I, yeah I like and it's all movie. very drab 70s kind of yeah. style yeah yeah and it's very yeah and it's very it's meant to be very um uh it, it's meant to be grimier I think mm. it's meant to be uh, uh, to get to, to kind of stick to you a little bit in a way right. that Argento's film uh, is way more surface level, which is what Argento is kind of known for. Right. Um, I mean, that's the key story, because I remember when we, we said we're going to do Argento and then I was like, oh, yeah, Suspiria. And then immediately right. kind of went, shit, what am I going to talk about with Suspiria? Because uh, how many times can I say, wow, this movie's really good. Looking. Right. Yeah, this um this is the best this is the best movie okay moving on uh yeah, it's, this it's, is a great movie <laughs> because it is it's an, an absolutely beautiful picture oh, uh, gorgeous it, it is it is one of the probably one of the most beautiful movies ever made right um right from the word go i mean these wonderful sequences like her walking through uh the airport there's like these blues and then like right. it's quiet and then like these these doors open and it's a storm outside and- well, not, not only that, the doors open and the music comes in. Yeah. <laughs> the music yeah. is coming from outside in this scene, which I think is off-putting in a good yeah. way, but like yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And you have the doors keep swishing open and closed and you hear the storm and the music at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I'm gesturing like doors are opening and yeah, closing he, yeah. because, because we have an audio podcast and I'll never figure that out till the day I die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, no, but it's true. It is like these double doors are opening, and uh, and there's this one, this this raging storm outside, and as you pointed out, the music is playing outside, right. uh, and this wonderful dislocative, bizarre sequence of her like she gets in the cab, the cab driver pretends to not know what she's saying, but he clearly fucking does. He's just being right. a jerk, um, you know. Uh, she finally gets him to take her where she's going, and then there's this. She gets to this house with this big red uh you know in your the, face red the escher strauss and the escher house yeah no less i mean yeah yeah and it's it's this wonderful piece of a wonderful bizarre architecture and all this red and yeah, then they have my, these they have these the wallpaper with mc escher prints on it and everything and it's yeah. just like yeah beautiful it's beautiful and then like you know and then this one this girl comes out the door uh and starts uh yelling, yelling something but we can't hear what she's saying because of the rain and then like you know she tried uh jessica harper's character tries to get inside they tell her to go away and that wonderful shot it's one of my favorite in the whole movie and it's not it's nothing but she's going back in the cab and she looks over in the woods mm-hmm. and there's this girl running through the woods um right. and and she kind of thinks well that looks that's kind of strange but doesn't stop or do anything uh no. she just takes the cab back um it's this one and then we we switch to the girl who's running through the woods who then shows up at this again beautiful apartment building that is completely blue right like this blue light everywhere until she starts getting stabbed in the heart by some random bear furry ass arm 
right. connected to nobody apparently and this incredibly elaborate death sequence that involves two some of the most uh absurd ways to die uh you know it's like rube goldberg uh you know final <laughs> that, destination shit happening well, even before but, that they show you know while she's dying they show her literally getting stabbed in the heart and yeah her heart, her heart is, is just literally her heart is stabbed. you can yeah. see her whole heart just literally beating and it's like unconnected from anything else it's just yeah. like floating there in her chest yeah and, and i mean it's 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 uh it's remarkable in how, how unbelievably gorgeous and arresting it is and then the rest of that movie it's got a downhill from there right. <laughs> like um but yeah and it's it's got these wonderful this wonderful architecture and this wonderful visual palette color palette uh straight throughout but it has very little else going on underneath the surface that right. like um it's one of those things that i was like you know thinking about this all week kind of being like trying to think what the hell am i gonna talk about mm -hmm. and um and i know that and another reason why i was a little nervous to talk about it is because everybody else has talked about it yeah. um but i was like you know uh how do we how do i approach suspiria without just saying boy it sure is beautiful over right. and over again uh and i realized that that's sort of the point that i'm like well it's interesting yeah, it's, that it's a dream yeah it's this it's this fun little like kind of dream logic movie um with some wonderful sequences but argento has very little interest um mm. it's a it's a it's it's a thing that the a lot of italian filmmakers have done uh we talked about demons right. a while back um uh made by lombardo bava um that you know and we have yet to cover fulci right. um but like somewhere in there like whereas basically the the trifecta of italian filmmaking horror filmmaking was Mario Bava, right? Uh, who kind of cared about narrative. Argento, who kind of doesn't really care about narrative, and Fulci, who pisses all over narrative. Right. Um, but you know, he's just like I don't care at all yeah. about narrative. Uh, but Argento is somewhere in the middle between Bava and Fulci, and he's interested in in the sensuality of horror he's interested in the in the physicality of horror he's very interested mm -hmm. in being uh in your face with it and showing uh and showing you things but underneath he's not interested in making a point and... maybe not um but i think i think the uh what you're saying the the, the visuals is the point yes i yeah. mean it's not that he doesn't have a point or that he's not interested in a point like but he's especially in this film i think he's interested in showing you know dreams or you know nightmares as it were mm -hmm. um much in the same way that you know david lynch later on would famously you know talk about getting dreamy and all that stuff like i i, I couldn't find anything where david lynch talks about dario argento but i'm watching this this time through and i'm like he had to have seen this it's oh, yeah. I mean, the, the shot, the one that really struck me on this watch through was the shot from the beginning where the lady is about to fall through the, the plate glass or the stained glass window. Yeah. And they just show her head sticking out, out there. And the way it's covered in blood looks exactly like Sarah, uh, Laura Palmer mm -hmm. uh, in Fire Walk With Me when she's got all the red smeared on her face yeah. and she's about to die. I'm like, how did he not have seen this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he's so he always whatever he talks about his influences, he talks about you know like the 
the French New Wave and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, there's no way this this movie itself wasn't an inspiration, if not, you know, some of the other stuff from Argento. I mean, maybe it was, maybe, but maybe he didn't consider it to be, right? Uh, you know, um, or maybe they just, maybe they really just had similar sensibilities. I mean, right. like, uh, which I think would also be accurate. I think yeah. both of them are very interested in the, in the surreal. Uh, Lynch has more of a sense of humor. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, or Dario is is playing everything painfully straight. Um, but you know, um, I, think Lynch, I think there's some humor in this, but it's not. It's not the same kind of, you know, you know, mm. where he as the director is having a sense of humor about it. But there's there's comedy in this. I mean, oh yeah, I mean, sure. There's most, but a lot of it is actually really mean spirited comedy. Yeah, it's at other people's expense, which I think is really right. interesting. Uh, but it's also meant to, to showcase how kind of cruel right. everybody is. Because I think I think the scene where the uh, the blind uh, piano player gets fired is like a bit of comedy that's never really talked about. Mm. Um, not the part where you know the late this is after his dog bites the disturbing young child allegedly <laughs> yeah yeah allegedly bites well we hear it in the soundtrack yeah i guess we do. Uh, um so he gets fired by you know one of the teachers and he the way he just you know like just like fuck you i quit <laughs> you know, yeah he, uh he does that he does a it just has the big speech about how he you know, can't wait to get out of the fresh air and everything. It's like that's played for comedy. I don't know if it's successful as comedy, but it's, yeah. it's played for comedy. Yeah. See, I, see, I always took from that scene is the cruelty towards the blind man. But you know, well, there's there's that yeah. too. Yeah. Um, but it's just like uh, that same character who uh, gleefully, um, I forget her name. Um, she throws the she throws his cane right from him so that he has he stumbles around the room and she thinks that's very funny right. um this is also the same but his reaction that. is comedic to it oh, he's like yeah, yeah he's yeah. like he's used to it you know yeah um but then the other uh but earlier in that early in the picture she also uh sees the the oh that was miss tanner miss tanner she yeah. also which she she's showing Susie around and they find the the like uh weird looking guy the manservant right. and she thinks it's very funny to like make fun of him yeah, he looks uh, like knockoff uh, James Bond Jaws. Um, yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And she's like outright mocking his appearance, but apparently, right. so, oh, you can say he's ugly right to his face. He doesn't understand. He doesn't word, understand a word, and she's of whatever language we talk here. Yeah, yeah, um, right. In here in Fakistan, you're right. Um, yeah, it's, but, it's it takes place in Germany, but everybody speaks English unless they don't. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean there are there are bits of the. I mean again, like, as you said, like, it was a very common thing for a lot of Italian films because they they were so interested right. in the international market. Yeah, that they would just uh, everybody would speak whatever language they knew, and they would dub and over they, they it. Would later. Dub over it with, all in the same language right. later for international releases, which I think is actually kind of brilliant because then there's always at least like one or two people, in, in, in like you know, in the markets in Italy, Germany, uh, France, uh, America. Where there's at least like one or two people that that that's lips sync up well, yeah, um, because they're actually saying the same words, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. there's always ones that don't. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and oftentimes uh, the Italian to to English dubbing isn't exactly fantastic. Um, no. Suspiria, for its credit, it's not that bad. No, 
um, in terms of in terms of its dubbing. But but I remember the first time I watched it being very confused by it because I had I've heard of Suspiria mm-hmm. obviously because I grew up reading Fangoria and I did get to watch it till I was like high school. Yeah, but I hadn't heard about like you know the dubbing thing and I'm watching it and I'm like I'm like is this dubbed or is it not? Because some of these people are. Jessica you know, Harper's. Yeah, she's voice. saying that's yeah. her voice, and yeah. she's saying her lines, and they're matching up. And I'm like, other people's are not. I'm like, what's going on here? And then I, yeah. you know, heard about how they dubbed everything. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, apparently in her scene with uh, I think it was Udo Kier, he right. did not speak English at the time. No, and, and he had such little time to prepare that they were feeding his lines. Feeding his yeah, as as they're filming. Um, but apparently, also when talking to her, I can't remember if it was him or the other or the other guy. It was the other guy. Uh, yeah, she she didn't speak his language, and, she, uh, and he had to tap her foot to let her know that he was done speaking. Right. So that she could respond German. because he only spoke German, and she did not speak any German. Um, so she uh, had no idea what he was saying the whole time. Right. Uh, she knew the lines, so but she she had to wait for the cue so he could he would tap his foot so that she would know it was her turn to speak. Um, and you, I think you could tell. I really wish I would have looked up the script because I, I would love to see a picture of the script and see if it's this line's printed in English, this line's printed in German, this line's printed in, you know, mm-hmm. or if or if they just had somebody interpret it to each person. I probably would depend on who the actor was. Right. Yeah. But um but well, you know what uh, I'm saying though, like we oh, get yeah. actors who only speak Italian, we get actors who only speak German. Do they reprint uh, the script I, in each language, or do they just they do put each line? She, she knew what the guy was saying was supposed to be saying to her. I think, right? Um, that he was going to speak. They probably just printed it in English and said, you know, just yeah, had somebody explain it. But I don't yeah. know. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, it's. Uh, but anyway, yeah. But the the point being that everybody speaks different languages, in right? Uh, which is very common for Italian film. But it adds um, to the dreamlike quality of the whole of the whole procedure. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, everything it, feels a little uncanny. Yeah, in Suspiria, it definitely does. Uh, in some other Italian films, not so much, but um, right. in Suspiria, it works uh, to the film's advantage. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, what I, to go back to another point? What I mean was that I don't. When I said that Dario Judge was not interested in a point, I didn't mean that. It's it's completely devoid of a point. I mean, oh yeah, I get it. No, what that Dario Argento does not is not interested in a moral or ethical. Right. Uh, you know, uh, in fact, quite the opposite. I think that he yeah. actually is he's more like screw your ethics, screw your morality. Right. I'm going to make this movie. Um, because, like I said, uh, it, you know, his his heroes are never heroes. They're more right. just people who are just in the situation. And after time, uh, in other works of his, which we'll, we'll get into, uh, they're often not that much better than right. the bad guy. Um, in this movie, I mean, we, we at least get the idea that she's not, she's a, a, an okay person, but uh, there's a toughness to Susie Banyan yeah. that suggests that she may not be that nice. She's certainly mm-hmm. not the damsel in distress type. Um, she's a little tougher than that. But at the same time, um, Argento makes no real moral, other than I, I was doing the math on looking and I was watching this movie and going like, well, actually, other than a couple of old white guys 
mm-hmm. saying they're evil. Right. You get really too much, uh, too much moralization in terms of who is good or who is bad, other right. than that context. Well, uh, I mean, it's a it's a fairy tale with witches. The witches is the bad witches guys. Bad guys. Yeah. Right. But um, uh, and we see them kill people, I guess. But they're right. not. You know, it's. But I'm trying to get to the what my point is, which is, uh, mm. which is that it, you know, uh, for example, the remake of Suspiria had mm. had a, uh, an underlying uh, point, like message, uh, mm. uh, uh, you know, with art. You know, art can have. I, for some reason, I cannot find the words I want to say. Um, sometimes art is just a pretty picture right right sometimes it wants to make you think about something our what i mean by our not having a point is he doesn't want he's not asking you to think about anything no he's telling a story because he wants to tell a story yes it's it's not because you know he's um because he's interested in making a larger point i think you're i think you're right about that yeah um and if we were to point to one of his other you know co-produced films i mean his cut of dawn of the dead is vastly different than george romero's because he's less interested in the allegory right um he jumps up the action by about 80 percent, and he wants to just make a zombie action film mm-hmm. which is fine it's a great cut <laughs> but right. next to romero's it's it's it doesn't have the bite that yeah god that was that was an unintended pun <laughs> um yeah. I have the bite of you know Romero's zombie epic uh, because of that. Yeah, yeah, and I mean and that's and that's that's sort of what I'm getting at is that that was like why I was a little bit like like how do we talk about how do you deep dive into Suspiria? Uh, and when you could talk about its implications in terms of how it's received, right? Um, which is a, I think we're going to get into a theme here with our our Gento episodes, which we when we talked about doing it mm-hmm. a week or two ago, I can't remember what it was. We had a brief conversation about um, uh, offhandedly about Argento's attitudes towards women. Right. Um, and uh, Suspiria is probably the tamest in, yeah. in those terms. Uh, but also, I mean, you, you keep in mind that Argento wanted this uh, movie to be about 12 year old girls. Yeah. Um, that was originally his idea. Um, Not terribly sexualized, though. I mean, no. Some of his other films get a little not wacky. in this film. Yeah, this is almost um, his feminist movie. Uh, yes, in some <laughs> in ways, a lot of ways. And in fact, that's usually uh, uh, Daria Nicolodi mm. uh, is credited for a lot of that. Is that when mm. he, when Argento threatens to get it, his most misogynistic. She's the one that pulls that back. Yeah. Um. But yeah, his previous films prior to this. But he also he also balances this one by like having most of the men character be useless. Yes. Uh, and the ones employed by the school are actually lacking in some way. Yeah. Uh, the one's blind. The other one, you know, is effectively a mute. Yeah. Um, and then there were reads that the the uh, the boy that she kind of likes might be uh, was a homosexual. Yeah. Right. I think um, Dario Argento said that at one point and I'm like, yeah. oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. It's a little uh, dated of a concept, but OK. Yeah. But Dario, um, we'll see this again, actually, in, uh, when we talk about Tenebrae, that he actually uh, has a tendency to throw in LGBTQ right. characters into his work, uh, which is actually kind of remarkable in 70s. 
Yeah, but to imply that this one is somehow less than because he is a homosexual is this. Oh, very, yeah. That, yeah. That, that's where I'm saying that's a dated ass concept. Oh, yes. Um, of course it is. But it's 1977 in Italy, you know. Yeah. Not making yeah. excuses, but I don't know. <laughs> They're fascists. Yeah. 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 But um, let's talk about the fascists of, of the school because um, I didn't really notice this time until like this these couple of times too like how much how many like you know actually you know nazi locations are used in the film mm. <laughs> um you know they got the big square where the book burnings were at where where the the blind guy gets killed by his dog you know yep. the airport was built by the nazis um i guess the the red building i can't remember the name of the real building but the 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 one that stood for the dance academy i guess that was a hangout yeah um and so this one, like, I feel like they they didn't, in in contrast to the remake where it's explicitly said that they survived the Nazis, mm. um, I feel like these ones probably worked with them. Yeah, you know, or or they had a, a deal worked out or something, you know. All right, yeah, or or were behind them, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think. I mean, maybe, and maybe, maybe that's intentional on Argento's part that he wants right. to talk about, you know, maybe he does want to talk a little bit about something. Yeah. Um, I didn't put that together. Um, uh, so good eye. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, the. Well, that wasn't me. There was a, there was a short documentary that showed the locations. Oh. Um, and then as I'm watching, I'm like, oh, so there, there might've been a statement here because of this, you know? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I know that certainly the remake did make a statement about right. fascism. Well, that whole thing was about like East and West Germany and fascism and surviving the Holocaust and what it cost to survive the Holocaust and you know everything yeah. else. Yeah, because Italy is involved, right? With uh, in World War II, um, and not on the side of good. Um, right. And I wonder if he wouldn't. I, I again, like you said, I don't know if he had an interest in really delving into that. But I wonder if there wasn't some more time between World War II and, you know, when they made this, like if he wouldn't have been more blatant about it. You know, because it was the 70s was still an uncomfortable subject. Yes. I mean, it yeah. still is today, but, you know, at least now, like countries are a little more forthcoming about, it. hey, we fucked up. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's that's a weak way to put it. But um, yes. yeah. You know, it's they, no, they're yeah. taking some responsibility. Germany, Germany has a very has very specific uh, mm -hmm. ownership of it now, for the most yeah. part. Where they Italy does for a, for a large part, but not as much as Germany. Um, yeah. But you know, at, at the time, especially with there being two Germanys, um, of you know, very different. Uh, I wanted to say breeds, but that doesn't sound right in this context. Um, two Germanys of very different styles. Yes. Um, at the time, like uh, cultures. Yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't, didn't make it a little more hard to pin down exactly what he was saying there. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, yeah. This is like, this is before the Berlin Wall comes down. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I, I think uh, maybe he had some fascism in mind. Um, I think that uh, I can't imagine even even if even Argento is, is sort of not particularly into narrative um, 
he sets this movie in Germany anyway. Yeah. You know, um, our, uh, uh, our teachers are pretty clearly meant to evoke a certain attitude. A stern matriarchal yeah. German. Uh, yeah. And uh, particularly, again, I forgot her name already. And you, you told it to me like five minutes and ago. So did I. Uh, that's fine. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, she's very much like very commandant. You right. know, uh, you know, and that's uh, she'd be like Frau Luca in, in, a, in a Mel Brooks movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Miss Tanner. Tanner. Yes. Miss Tanner, uh, who is, you know, is very German. And they have that that moment, too, with the, the maggots. And like we mm-hmm. watch her stomp her way um, across right. with these very thick, uh, thick soled shoes. Right. Well, I can't imagine we're not supposed That's another to... moment of the great sound design. Yeah, but I can't imagine we're not kind of supposed to be thinking about jack boots. Oh, yeah, she's uh, wearing... I mean, they're, they are. Yeah. They're like thigh-high jack boots. I mean, <laughs> with, a, with a big heel, you know? Yeah. But yeah, they're... Uh, no, they're not, they're not boots. They were, they were high-heeled shoes, but she... But I think she's stomping on maggots and it's... And there's this thought... I think we're supposed to be seeing a little bit of that. I think that's supposed to be metaphor. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, so I think, yeah, he's, he's, he's got a little bit there, but yeah, but I think it might just be flavoring. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard. It's hard to tell what he, what he, if he thinks much about anything, I mean, honestly, because if you hear most interviews with him, he's mostly like, boy, I sure do love killing women. (laughs) Um, you know, it's my favorite thing to do. And Um, I watched an interview, um, today with him about Suspiria and he doesn't like really even delve that much into themes or something like that it's 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 a very nuts and bolts like you know I worked with this person they had this idea I I had this idea we worked it out this way you know that kind of stuff yeah Um, he doesn't delve much into like the the story aspect of it other than to say that he's you know inspired by fairy tales and and, you know Snow White in particular and yeah all that yeah but yeah, I mean, he's. It, but it's it, also an interview done in like 2017, so it's like you know. Yeah. What, 40, 40 years later. Yeah, and he's ancient now. Right. Yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, he's. Uh, it's so. I mean, yeah, it's the tough nut to crack. I think. I mean, I think we're doing okay with it, but but it's uh, it's very, very on the surface. It's very very lovely to look at, um, but when we're trying to find deep dives, I, I almost feel like we have to start inventing things. Right. And uh, so now we're thinking like, wow, is there a statement about fascism? And probably not. <laughs> right. um, Dario probably doesn't care. Other but, than the most, you know, surface level of, you know, Hey, fascists are bad y'all. Yeah. Fascism um, which is, is bad, something yeah. everybody agrees on. I, at least oh. I thought everybody agreed on right. up until recently. Uh, yeah. No, I don't know if that's true anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Neither here nor there, but one of the guys I worked with today, um, there's somebody graffitied the school I worked at, and one of the guys I worked with, the uh, the head custodian, was convinced that it was an Antifa sign. <laughs> oh, no. And I'm sitting there at work, and he's my boss, so I'm like, mm-hmm. can't see a goddamn thing right now. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, you think Antifa uh, defaced the, the middle school 
yeah one of three middle schools in this little shit town that i live in mm-hmm. yeah well hell man i'm looking sure at thing. i'm yeah. looking at uh I, i'm looking at this grad school thing to be a high school teacher and i'm actually it's- starting to worry about political statements on this podcast like you know right. i'm like because i live in a i live in a i live in a blue hub of a red state and i'm like are, are they is the admissions board going to listen to this podcast to be like oh wait he's pro gay people like we're not letting him to teach our well, kids. That's, like, that's, that's when you got to, you know, make up another, another Twitter account. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. So this is the, this is the actual Nathaniel that that's me over yeah, here. Yeah. Don't look at, don't look at all my other posts where yeah. you know, I'm on the right side of things, but too much of a dick's dick about everything. No, I meant, I meant the podcast. I'm like, you know, I say my name on this thing. And right. Be like, you know, oh, he's actually making statements about how we should be uh, punching Nazis. And I'm like, hey, you, you know, it's a double, it's a double edged sword because at least then they'd be listening to the podcast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're listening, uh, admissions board, please, right. uh, please accept me. I will, I will, follow, I, will I will teach your kids rules. right. I will be good. Um, yep. uh, I will not quote groom children into becoming LGBTQ, which is uh, a thing they think happens now. Right. Um, because uh, we've got more than a little fascist. Because apparently they saw Suspiria and thought it was a statement of fact. Right. Uh, right. Where there's how, these how, again, school teachers, how is children. It, how is it that there are these people who watch watch genre pictures? At any point right. in our damn history, yeah. and and think they were either not political, right? Because look, even if Argento didn't mean it to be, this movie's political. All right, yeah. we're, we're we're establishing that this is a movie that, as you pointed out, and as that documentary pointed out, here is Nazi symbolism in this movie, and it's right. connected to the witches. The yeah. witches are bad. Okay, they're evil. Uh, they are German. They are right. German Italian in 1970s. This is still fascism, right. uh, and they're they're old they're old German and Italian people, so yeah. they were there when it happened. They're not yeah, you know, they're they are evil. Not Susie Banyan, who's who's somewhere between the age of twelve and twenty. We're not sure where, but um, yeah, yeah. But you watch this if you watch these movies and be like, well, they're not political, or or somehow validate right wing agenda, right wing agenda, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, just recently, like some asshole was coming for like Kurt Busiek on Twitter, being like, you know, Kurt Busiek wrote Captain America, but he doesn't follow Cap's ideals. And I'm like, well, and Kurt Busiek's like, uh, <laughs> if you think that Captain America would be on your team, you don't get right. Captain America. Um, I get Captain America. You do not. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, that they that looking at this old, at looking at this stuff, and then and being like, you know what? pro-fascism uh is so bizarre to me that there are horror film fans who are that still complain about things being woke and i'm like superior is woke look at that freaking movie um it might be woke in a dated way like i said you know i think it's a it's it's intended hmm? i hate woke woke anyway yeah well yeah i mean but i mean i think it was meant to be a you know a a feminist ish film um at least as much as he was interested in doing such yeah um his main driver was always to make a fairy tale but you know you you can't look at this film and go well there's four guys and three of them are useless and one of them's exposition i mean yeah and and say that obviously there's more than four guys but you don't this is yes but this is a battle 
this is about it's supposed to be a battle between innocent innocent femininity and mm-hmm. evil femininity. malevolent yeah. yeah malevolent femininity that ultimately Susie is is uh is able to win win out the day um right. in a in a in a scene that also is very um i mean the whole point of the final the finale of this movie is uh the witch uh lorena marcus literally calling Susie banyan a weak little girl yeah. ostensibly like you don't have the you don't have the guts right and Susie goes um like funny but, yeah i do stabs yeah. her and stabs her through the heart right. um and and figures out where she is because she's invisible except when the right. lightning flashes or whatever and she's like oh well, there she is it stabs yeah. her um the whole point is that ultimately Susie is like i am i've never been uh, a weak child you guys right. have been trying to make me into that the whole damn movie yeah, well even earlier when she's sick and everything you know and um she's about ready to pass out uh, you know they're making her dance like she still tries to do it she tries to do it yeah right yeah like and that's that's a force of will even if she wasn't successful yeah uh you know there's just a whole point here about strong-willed americana strong, right. a strong-willed american girl uh to the point where even she where she, the plot really kind of finally kicks into play is more or less when she's she's figured out behind the secret iris right and here's the uh here's the headmistress being like we have to kill this girl we have to get yeah. rid of her she's a pain in the ass like yeah. you know we death 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 yeah she must vanish Right. uh because Susie has figured out what's going on and, and that's the scene where it makes it where i can't tell for sure what their intention with there was in the first place if there was any right um because like the second she starts showing any promise is when they they start saying you know the second to them she's showing any promise i should say we as the audience have seen her strength before then yes is when they decide she needs to be done away with mm-hmm. Where it's like you know maybe you want to try to get her on your side or yeah but you no, know they don't they don't want to they they want her gone at least come um, at it like Emperor Palpatine to be like hey you know I could trade this one to be my replacement one day you know well, yeah but I don't think she has that kind of power no you know she I might. think she's sensitive um, I, yeah I mean maybe I I it's hard to tell because ultimately I think again we go back to Snow White I right. Mean, uh, it, it, Snow White's more of a story about jealousy than anything else. Right. Um, Snow White's a threat to this person, to the to the queen. Yes. Because of it. Yes. And she wants her gone. Yeah. Right. Um. And this, it, it's uh. So I mean, uh, you get the idea, I guess, that it's sort of like, well, we we brought her in because she had promised, I guess, as a dancer. Um, right. But we don't really know why. Uh, it, it's one of those things that I watch this movie, and I'm like, you know, actually. The witches had been smart. They would just let her in that night, right? Because that's where the whole thing starts. Well, that wasn't that wasn't her. That wasn't one of the witches who didn't let her in. That was her her roommate. Oh, because she she later says, "Oh, I'm sorry, that was me." You know. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, but um, another interesting facet of this is it takes the the archetype of the witches and it takes them out of, you know, what most which stories are is the countryside puts them in the city yeah and makes them they you know high society yeah to a degree they're still isolated kind of, right yeah. yeah but they're like the most prestigious dance academy in the world like they you, mm. you know they got connections like yeah no yeah, yeah you're right about that yeah for sure um and it's uh it's 
So it's yeah. kind of something that later later on they would start doing with vampires. So instead of having them live in castles, you know, they're they're these high members of society who kind yeah. of you know work behind the scenes and do their thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. I mean, again, it's it's it all comes back around again that sort of lack of narrative. We don't know what the hell right. it is they're up to. Yeah. Um, or why they're doing anything they're doing. Uh, we just know they're capable of it. Right. But well, the important uh, part of the narrative is the immediacy of it. Yeah. Um, you're not supposed. I I don't think it was ever. And for Felgas talked about a Suspiria, <laughs> as much as we're talking about it, you know, other people have talked, you know, way more about it and written way more about it. And it's it's a movie that's meant to just be experienced as a movie. And I think just like left there. Yeah. 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 It's again, it's like I, that's what I mean. Is I was like the whole this whole week I've been like, right. what the hell? Do we make any? Uh, you know, it's perfectly okay to not have an episode that delves deep when we just like you know point out shit we like and yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I guess. But I mean, like that's it, what we're supposed to be. But that, a lot of the fun is trying to delve deep into yeah, this stuff. We're supposed yeah. to be insightful commentary, right. and you know, and I'm like, there, how insightful can you be? <laughs> Movie pretty. Right, movie pretty. Movie uh, is awesome. Dream. I like yeah. having dream like this. Yeah, movie yeah. is cool looking. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. I mean, let's talk about. Uh, there's some cool deaths in this movie. Right. Um, although I, I, my favorite one is the one that makes no sense, which is um, the the roommate is <laughs> like walking around, and then she just falls into barbed wire. Well, she she's she's going to investigate where the witches go when they go away yeah um well she, she doesn't know there are witches at this point but um that's she thinks they are there she thinks right she thinks but yes. she doesn't know for sure yeah Susie, what do you know about witches yeah right key line oh uh, yeah and then that uh their familiar shows up and it starts trying to kill her um the the hairy armed gentleman from the beginning i believe it's supposed to be yeah if it's even um, a gentleman it'll just be right but yeah right um and chases her around the school and she's trying to get away and she jumps like into a window she she climbs up into a high a very high window yeah um and she tries to jump across this room that's filled with nothing but razor wire yeah um, to another window and because she's not in a video game you know 20 years later she can't make that jump it's an impossible Yeah, I just got muted for a second. Yeah, you did. Sorry, that's right. But yeah, no, I couldn't make that either. I mean, <laughs> no, yeah, but yes, but but I, as I a ballerina, I think she would have probably have made a better attempt at it than she did. But that's fine. Well, the way the scene is set up, though, that's what I mean. Is that it seems like the razor wire wasn't there a second ago. That's right. the way I look at it. That she, she looked at. She looked <laughs> I think up, it was there, but it still makes no geographical sense. Well, that's the thing. I think it's supposed to be magic. Right. Like, you know, um, I think it's supposed to be that I really feel like she didn't see that there. Right. It's the way the way the scene kind of the way the actress works it is she kind of just falls into it and then seems like, well, this came out of nowhere. But even though like <laughs> because the movies are, are a literal experience. Right. Um, we see it as like, well, that seemed easy to avoid. <laughs> um, 
but no, I mean, she, because she literally, I think the actress, I watched the movie. The, well, that was the only exit, too. I mean, there's yeah. no other way she could have gone other than well, then trying then to make, She falls in there and seems surprised that there's right. barbed wire there. And I'm like, but, you know, you had to have seen it there. But right. that's, I mean, I don't think it was supposed to be there a second ago. That ah. she does the jump, she falls in, and then all of a sudden magic happens. It's like, uh, it's, it's like Lost Highway, you know? Right. Like, you know... Uh, how does how does Bill Pullman become Balthazar Getty in a jail cell? Um, right. Magic, yeah. and if you're looking at it, it makes no sense. But you know uh, that's how this works. Um, but I mean, but it always just kind of makes me giggle a little bit, you right. know, that she kind of falls in, seems surprised that all the ways are wired. I'm like, well, geez, that seems easy to avoid, actually. Like you think, think yeah, it's like mean the pile of <laughs> right. Ah, sudden razor wire is sudden. Um, the other yeah. thing I love, the other death I love is the blind man getting oh, the man. dog. Um, yeah. it's something that we'll see in uh in most of Argento's films. He always has the animal motif. Mm-hmm. Um, he loves to use his animals. And um I actually had forgotten. I, I remember having this conversation online at some point and saying, like, you know, what is the I was like, wait a minute, Suspiria doesn't have any to kill her animals. And then somebody pointed out to me, no, there's the dog. Right. Yeah. The but dog I'm like, that oh, attacks two people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. There is a dog. Well, the dog, but they're not even attacks two people. It attacks, attacks his owner. This is right. a seeing eye dog who attacks the Well, he attacks two people. He attacks that other, he attacked that kid. Earlier. Yeah. But the, the kid's evil. Right. Yeah. Uh, the the animal is obviously under the. The dog's head. still attacked. I mean, it's not yeah. like the, the kid was just looking at the dog. Yeah. And the dog's like, nah, fuck you, buddy. Yeah, but that that is meant to 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 suggest to the audience that the kid is right. evil, killing I, the I old think, man, killing the blind man. I think man. the implication was that the dog was driven insane. Um, but by both of these things, um, the by both the kid, and then later when he attacks the man, we see witches flying past the building and yeah, the, yeah. laughing and screeching and howling. Well, they're controlling the dog. Yeah, they made right. the dog kill him. Um, because that's what we see is that the dog turns on turns on his on right. his owner, which a seeing eye dog would not do. No, uh, you know, you take a lot to make a seeing eye dog attack. Never in a million years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you literally have to be beating the shit out of it or, right. or something, you know, like the blind guy would have to be like really hurting it to get it right. to attack. Um, you know, and so even then, I don't know the way they're trained, they might just try to get away, you know. I yeah. don't, but that's yeah. neither here nor there, neither here nor there. But it's uh, but it is interesting that the uh, that and as, as you pointed out, and as Dr. Mary pointed out, that's apparently where the book burning happened, right? Book burnings were happening, um, but yeah, it's, it's an evil place. Um, but I've always loved that scene anyway. I think it's a really this big, echoey black space. Right. With this uh, blind man and, and a dog killing him. Yeah, it's- this brutalist architecture and just like, you know, it's it's a very unwelcoming place to begin with. And then all, all, then all the scary things start to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but it's a great sequence. Um, uh, uh, Suspiria is a film full of great sequences. Actually, I think right. when this movie starts talking, it actually kind of doesn't work as well. Um, but uh because it's such a visual and such a yeah tactile. when they start when they have to have their you know exposition scenes it's kind of it kind of you know drops down a notch or two but yeah yeah there there has to be a minimum amount of exposition to make this film make enough sense for you to buy into it while it's watching it, while you're watching it i guess yeah um, i mean no, of course it's necessary but I, right. uh, I mean but 
I mean, I, I'd like, I'd love to see something if Argento ever went like completely off the chain and just like tried to make Argento's version of a Jodorowsky film or something where it's just yeah. like nonstop, just like whatever I feel like doing, I'm doing it. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jodorowsky, Jodorowsky is kind of the opposite of Argento. Right. Jodorowsky wants you to be thinking the whole time. Well, yeah, it's for a purpose, but you know what yeah. I'm saying? Where, where he, he'll drop the, the narrative oh yeah every single time in favor of setting up his dreamlike you know imagery yeah and in fact he usually he, he has uh, some of his most successful films have very little dialogue anyway mm -hmm. um, right you know el topo is like there's no talking in that movie for like 90 minutes and then there's right. a little bit of talking and then no talking for the last 20 minutes yeah. um you know it's uh there's very little uh, actual communication to the point where you literally have to be on on the ball or you will have no idea what's going right, on. Right, you'll get lost immediately. Um, you know? And, uh, you know, and you might want to do some outside reading. Um, you know, but uh, and uh, we should cover Jodorowsky at some point. Yeah, um, but I feel like I, I feel like the best way to do Jodorowsky is to do some outright out, outside reading afterwards. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I maybe that's just the way i saw them originally you know i i saw them before i started looking into them you know at a more metaphysical level mm. um but it it had much like so much so much of an impact because you're trying to keep up with it yeah i did trying to be like i did a week of them like a few years back and right. uh and luckily it was a few years back and i was a you know because I, I was like if i had watched this most of these films if i had watched them when i was like a teenager i would not have understood any of it right and um but I, I actually found some of them to be deeply moving uh, yeah. in my late thirties, but, um, or, or absurd. I mean, like, you know, uh, or both at once or both at once, uh, yeah. you know, Holy mountain. I couldn't help giggle. I think a few times, but right. I loved El Topo um, yeah. and um, Santa Sangra. I haven't seen in a very long time, but I saw that one much sooner. Um, and I wanted to see Fondo Elise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I saw that one. And that was it. I don't think I saw any more of his work. I think I never got around to uh, the other two. I think he only made right. he only made like six movies. But yeah, um, one of them is like impossible to find now. So you know, good yeah. luck. Yeah, I had two other ones, but I don't remember. I never got around to them. Um, but anyway, uh, anyway, so like if Ar Argento had like just gone full dream for like one movie, yeah, I'd be the happiest kid in the world. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this movie, it's, it had to have some dialogue, but, uh, and, but I mean, I, I mostly, I think the only dialogue I think I really would, couldn't just not use is I don't need Udo Kier to show up and, and be like, you know, witches are evil things that are. Especially bad. since halfway through the scene, they hand it off to somebody else. Yes. Yeah. Like, and then another guy so... shows up and says, witches right. are evil. Um, we know. Yeah. Um, but um I, I I feel like again also I think it's a it's a it's a it's an instinct that I think Argento has in these movies because ultimately his real influences are murder mysteries, right? So it has to be the character has to go through their research stage. Um, Spiria doesn't need it. Um, no. I think actually the movie would have been better for it if Susie never left that school, um, and uh, because ultimately, but what it does is as I kind of mentioned before that. Uh, one of the things that's interesting about Argento's heroes is that 
this is the point where Susie could have run screaming right out of the narrative and probably should have and yeah. probably should have but chose not to uh which is a thing that um i i just watched um what did i watched this last this past week i watched um i watched trauma and then i watched right. cat on nine tails and um oh. both movies are <laughs> the reason i was hoping you were going to say that you're going to you're going to try to to link it to wrestlemania no, <laughs> no. um <laughs> No, uh, oh, well, I mean, if I wanted to link it to WrestleMania, I would talk about the color scheme of WrestleMania, which was very. There you go. Yeah. Uh, WrestleMania. Uh, the I've noticed something recently with uh, with um, WWE in particular. Love now to saturate light of different right. colors depending on what they're doing. And WrestleMania this past weekend was very blue. Um, ah. yeah, very very blue. And uh, so I mean, yeah, there you go. Now was it like the safe blue of uh, of like Lynch, or was it the dangerous blue of uh, Flatliners? Safe blue. Okay. Yeah, very Lynchian. Right. Yeah. Um, but like also like their NXT show is uh, it's very purple. Like they use a lot of purple lighting. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's neither here nor there. Um, but uh, in both uh, Trauma and Cat on Nine Tails are both perfect examples of Argento's main characters. Uh, don't have to be involved in this plot right um they are are both they're they're i mean technically trauma kind of does because he's got um Aja argento is the direct target of the killer but right. the guy that's involved uh, doesn't have to be involved um and probably shouldn't have been and uh right. trauma will come up again i think later this month because um when we talk a little bit about the sexualization of young women in Argento, right. um, which is daughter in trauma. Yeah. Um, but um, not at all weird and creepy. Not at all weird and creepy. But um, and uh, and she's topless in that movie. Right. Um, and she's supposed to be sixteen, and the guy she's dating is clearly thirty. Um, but apparently the age of consent in Italy is fourteen, so it's not <laughs> that weird from their perspective, which is something right. we'll talk about. But it is weird still. Uh, yeah. you know, it's it's all whole, whole thing, yeah. but. Uh, in those movies, the point is that like that character doesn't have to be involved. And in Cat on Nine Tails, it's two dudes, right? One of whom is blind, and the two of them decide to investigate this serial killer that's running around murder, bumping people off. Mm-hmm. They don't have to. Uh, they're not right. cops. They're not police officers. They're both newspaper men. Uh, yeah. You know, um, and they they get involved regardless. And it's something that happens in a lot of his pictures. Um, right that and honestly you know compared to like an american or you know type of film it's a little refreshing because you know american films have to bend over backwards six times to show you why the why the lead is involved in the plot and Mm -hmm. why he can't let go of the plot and you know in a lot of these films it's like like you said like like that's because if if they weren't involved we wouldn't have a movie (laughs) yeah Well, right. the, they just kind of leave it there. Well, what he, what Memorway throws into is a level of fascination, right, or curiosity that they yeah can, they have a they have an interest in it. You yeah, know, they not, they want to be involved even though they shouldn't be. And, but it's not because you know they killed his wife or oh no, you no. know they they threatened his dog or you know a lot of the American films back then and even now you know have to show you like some personal stakes other than this is a mystery that has captivated me yeah um or or that they're just a little weird to begin with right um you know uh which is what we'll see in a couple of weeks but um right but yeah the yeah um 
but like the it, it, the point I was trying to make was also like you know uh, is that oftentimes like for example Zodiac, um, mm-hmm. which I'm not a huge fan of. Everybody loves that movie, but um, that movie David Fincher's Zodiac is very Argento, right? Well, that's another character who is trying to solve solve this murder, and they're like, "Wait, why are you doing this?" And he's like, "I don't know." <laughs> right. And I'm kind of weird. It, and it like his, needs sol- It needs a solvent. Yeah, and his wife is like, "Hey, can you stop trying right. to solve this murder?" And he's like, "No, um, screw you." Um, yeah, and she's like, "Well, why are you doing this?" He's like, I don't know. I'm a little weird. Um, you know, it's uh, it's that's very Argento that these characters are are a little, a little loose ethically to begin right. with. I think in some ways, and uh, you know, I, I it's interesting. If you, I wonder if you if you were watching a different movie, if Susie Banyan would have been like stepping all over all the other dancers, right. like um, she seems to be. I and mean, we only see, we see her interact with the other dancers basically this one time, right? And she runs into the mean girl, um, Susie, Sarah. Yeah, but um, but yeah, they they have this, uh, but we don't really see how she fits in socially. Right. Um, but you know, we know she's a little. It tough. almost seems like she doesn't, but then, like at the same time, you know, she, you know, her roommate is like her her best friend instantly. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I mean, but I mean, there's that Susie could have run screaming at that point. Right. And she didn't. And uh, she decides to come back and do some investigating. Uh, although, I mean, I guess she's somewhat involved in the sense that her roommate did get killed or is missing. Yeah. She knows she's something happened to her. Also, where would she go if she, you know, ran away? Like, you know. Well, they imply she's got some. She's got some dough. She probably well, she she has some some means. But I mean, if you're looking at it from like a fairy tale point of view, like you know, yeah, there's usually not somewhere else they could go. You know, they're kind of just in the situation, and that's just how it is. Yeah. But she. But I think that I think that she could have. But I think it's a choice. Yeah, it's a choice to not you know, have to stick gone. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's a, but I mean, yeah, so it is a movie that I think that when it starts talking, it gets a little like bogged um, down a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah we, we could have kept this action going. Um, right. But um, it's actually not, it's actually something that doesn't, I don't think happens too much with other, some of our, our gentle's other work, which is actually why I kind of actually prefer them. Um, I like Suspiria, I really do. And you're mm-hmm. right, it is like one of the, like, best horror movies ever made it's it's absolutely stunning mm. to watch um but and i can't remember if i watched this one first i want to say i watched opera first i think that was my first argento film and i was blown away with that we'll, we'll talk about that next week but i i watched trauma first oh <laughs> really That's it. well because it was like the newest one and i was reading about it in fango and stuff you know so it came out yeah. i'm like i'm like yeah yeah that was okay yeah and then later on i came back and you know this was the this was the real first Argento film I watched. I should, mm. you know, yeah, I should say, and that was a couple of years later. You know, because technically, technically, once Aja enters the scene, he's kind of already kind right. of falling apart, um, right? Which we also talked about a little bit uh, before we started uh, a couple of weeks ago. Before we were talking about doing Argento this month, was that uh, you know. Um, I was talking to uh, our guest next week, uh, Jessica Scott, mm-hmm. and like, you know, what movie she wanted to talk, much Argento film she wanted to talk right. to us about. 
and she's like, I haven't seen that many of his films. And I was like, no, do I. And then I realized I'd seen most of them. Right. Uh, and I was like, oh, I've seen most of the ones that matter at any rate. Yeah. There was kind of a point where Argento kind of hits a wall and he's still making movies. He's got a movie coming right. out this year, I think. And, um, and it's interesting that, uh, you know, it, it, he keeps going, but right. the work hasn't been there. Now, say that being like, you know, uh, I remember somebody saying this to like, I think it was uh, Guillermo del Toro, mm-hmm. where uh, somebody was like, you think Argento should stop making movies? And Guillermo del Toro very angrily said like, no, Argento can make movies as long as he wants to. Right. He's earned that, you yeah. know, um, you know, and uh, I agree with it. Uh, but I think everything after, uh, uh, pretty much by 1990, he's not, uh, he's not exactly killing it anymore. Um, right. He gets, he makes some okay movies. Trauma's okay. Uh, Stendhal Syndrome was okay. Right. Um, I think you even told, I think you, I saw you tell somebody on social media to watch Inferno, but don't bother with Mother of Tears. Right. Cause um, it's just like, that was the last one I've seen. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, me too. you know, I kept giving him chances up until that point because I'm like, it's Argento. I'm, you know, it's, yeah, it'll take an hour and a half of my life. And then after like how bad Mother of Tears was, I'm just like, you know what? I'm done. Right. <laughs> Somebody can tell me if he makes another great film after that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, this will probably end up being his last knock on wood because uh, he's he's getting up there in age. He's making another film this year. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen anything since Mother of Tears myself. And um, I barely remember Mother of Tears. That's how kind of terrible that movie was. Right. It was um, it was not great. No. Um, Inferno's lovely. Right. Um, it's uh, it's not Suspiria, but it's 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 quite good. Right. Um, but um, I think yeah, it wasn't Mother of Tears wasn't just simply he couldn't get funding to make that earlier. I th- I don't know. I, yeah, I remember like, hearing that story, but you know, who knows? Yeah, he ended up making it years, years later, and he had no money, and so he's like making right. a movie about the end of the world, but it had to be like shot entirely in a subway. Yeah, it was like shot on like a direct-to-video budget, and yeah. it's you know not a concept that's conducive to that. And he's, yeah, he's trying to write about the the apocalypse, and it's basically like right. Argento wandering around in the sewers or something, and it was really right, like you know. And, you know, like like we had mentioned before we did this month, you know, I, I mentioned it offhand way, like it's kind of like George Romero, where after a point, like he's yeah. not getting the budgets that he needs to make these movies, but also the scripts really aren't there. No. You know. It's... No. Um, yeah, I remember that happening with Romero where, people, where like some website did a thing like nobody will give Romero money to make a uh, zombie movie anymore. And there right. were fans being like, what's wrong with America? And I went, well, when was the last time he turned a profit? Right. You know, well, um, I mean, Land of the Dead made money, but you know, he's also the this is a wholly different conversation. But yeah. um, Land of the Dead made money, but also like he's not he's never been the kind of guy that wants to play in the studio system. No. Um, he wants to do things his way, and if not, then he'll figure out another way to get it done. Yeah. And that's kind of where he found himself, you know, at the same time as Argento was dropping off. Yeah. You know, he's he's Romero's doing, you know, one or two movies in the 90s, and that's like it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I hate taking studio sides, but, you know, right. kind of like, well, that kind of makes sense for him to not do it, but... Well, by his last two films, somebody should have stopped him, but, you know, that's... Romero? <laughs> a different discussion, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean... I mean, you've seen Diary of the Dead. Come on. Uh, actually, I don't think I did see Diary of the Dead. I saw, really? I saw a Survival of the Dead. 
that was that it. was actually better than Diary of the Dead. Was in it my really? opinion. Um, in my dead. most people say Diary of the Dead was better than Survival. I think they're completely wrong. Okay. Because um, if we would have done found footage month, I probably would have would have really fought for that because I like to talk about how badly that did found footage. I didn't know it was a found footage film, even though it was. Hmm. Okay. It broke every single rule. Really? Okay. <laughs> of a found footage film. And it wasn't terribly good to boot. Mm. And all of his cheesiest aspects were really like at too high of a level. Mm. Just okay. Mm. okay. Well, yeah. But anyway, yeah. I mean, like uh, Argento, he, God bless him. Right. He's making movies, Dario. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think you were right to tell, tell him to be like, don't bother with anything. Mm. I, I actually said that when I was watching Trauma and being like, posting on social media and i i think i was like i think i posted something like wow surprise it's uh uh, uh brad duriff and um <laughs> and i'm like if only this that that would make me really excited if this movie were any better and somebody commented being like wait is this a wait an argento movie and it wasn't at least okay and i'm like uh yeah. after 91 yeah and, I mean, and the way he had grown up making movies and you know the system that he had made all the successful films in doesn't exist anymore no like you can't make movies like the way they did, in, you know, in the seventies. Why is it every episode I keep coming back to? They can't make them like that anymore. But um, and I hate that term. Yeah. But um, not in a not in a content way. Like, like yeah. just the way they were making films is, mm-hmm. isn't isn't the model anymore. And it hasn't been since no. you know probably the mid eighties. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, the the yeah the the what used to be independent guerrilla filmmaking is not the same thing right. it is now. Um, and uh, you know the for one thing, uh, proliferation of technology has changed. Uh, right. You know, changed the entire process. Um, but not even that. Like all the other studio, all the little you know studios are gone. That's true. Um, all the you know, especially like in Italy, like the the Italian film mill there yeah changed completely yeah. yeah um they're they're no longer an exploitation-based economy and in, in their film market yeah i mean oh yeah you know, the, bruno matai can't even get a film made of these days and bruno matai can make a film under any circumstances it seems yeah yeah, yeah. italy italy is no longer the uh uh diploma mill uh, <laughs> so to speak that it used to be. right because they were cranking out these movies left yeah. and right um, and selling them to the American market for, right. you know, a, a, and, a small profit. And then, but they would do that a million times. And right. Yeah. And, money. you know, for every, there was probably for every, you know, Argento, there was like five, you know, Fabio Fragasso's, <laughs> and, you know, just like people were making just absolute schlock, but then like, you know, once in a while you get a respectable, you know, film out of the, out of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. And other times you oh. get like Jaws ripoffs. Right. That's, that's and that's respectable in a whole different way. Got to respect yeah. the game, if not the player. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's like Lamberto Bava under the scene. Right. Thing, like, you know, uh, you know. Yeah, Zombie 6 and stuff like yeah. that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so, but yeah, I mean, Suspiria is, it's, um, it's one of the greats. Yeah, it's an absolutely beautiful film. Um, it's, um, but if you're gonna if you're going in there trying to like get all the you know 
the nitpicky of the plot and you know how does this work how does that work you're not going to have a good time no it's it's, um, it's not meant for that at all right you know and, and i think why, a lot of modern audiences wouldn't get that because of it you know everything has to have an explanation on, depends on your well yeah like the main i'm talking like the mainstream like you know people oh. would go to theaters you know to see the big blockbusters and stuff like that like well, maybe not yeah i mean but then again, although, even then, this was more for an art house audience and a, and a weird film audience, you know. Yeah, this is this is this is an A twenty four picture, right? You know, uh, I mean, it came out the same year as Star Wars. I mean, mm -hmm. kind yeah. of different movies, mm -hmm. um, yeah, although is... both of an art house um, pedigree. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love. By the way, I love that A twenty four is just now the shorthand for uh, art house. Yeah, horror yeah I like that. Yeah, uh, people would just watch Twitter and be like, "It's an A twenty four movie." Um, everybody knows exactly what you're talking about. Right. Um, and uh, it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous that that's the way right. it is now. But yeah. but there's there's so many good ones that they've done recently. It's I very mean, true. Yeah, you know, last decade it was Magnet. Yeah, it was the people doing you know a lot of those releases, and yeah. now it's A twenty four. Yeah. Well, final thoughts. Uh, just that again. Uh, it's it's unfortunate we spent a little over an hour, uh, kind of being like, what do we talk about? But yeah, right. I mean, like, uh, but yeah, I mean, Suspiria. It's uh, I mean, if you haven't seen it, um, I mean, you listen to a horror podcast and you haven't seen Suspiria, right? I mean, Please I go rectify that. But yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> not not to say we're those guys who say like, well, you're not a horror fan if you haven't watched Suspiria, but right, uh, you're you know, doing yourself a disturb disservice if you haven't. It's true. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. worth watching. Um, it is, uh, and it's one of those movies that uh, something we probably should have talked about. That like this is the one movie that I absolutely will not watch with a light on. Um, right. You know, it's uh, it's a movie that you have to watch in the dark. Um, on and it's one of those movies that I think uh, the higher the resolution of your television and everything like that, that four characters that really matters on this one. Yeah. Um, Versus usually I, I, when people say that, I'm like, I kind of roll my eyes a little and I'm like, yeah, look, it's a movie. I, um, yeah, I, I watched it on my uh, 4K TV. It was the 2K scan Blu-ray. Mm -hmm. And you've made fun of me before for having the mood lighting uh, yeah. where I have, the, I have the smart lights where I can change the, change the colors. And I had like, you know, two of them blue and two of them red. Yeah, I'll make fun of you looked, again for it, I'm sure. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> But it looked it looked gorgeous, and even as I'm watching this, and and you know a wonderful Blu-ray restoration that's almost flawless, I'm like I should get the 4K version mm. <laughs> because I'm that guy. You're that guy, yeah. Right. I think I got the 2K restoration. I can't. I can't. It's, it's beautiful. And it, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. Right. And I watched it on my 55 inch screen, um, and was you know I'm always blown away by it. It's one of probably two movies that I think that it, I I think I've really felt like it matters. Right. And it sounds sounds gorgeous. I mean, it's just yeah. there's there's other than the plot and lack thereof, there's not really much of a misstep in this, other than maybe a couple of scenes that are ruin the pacing. Yeah, yeah, and it's not it's not even about pacing. It's about it's right. it's entirely about your eyeballs. You know, yeah. it's it's meant to just be admired. It's it's a it's a it's a painting. Uh, well, the so one that I, we talked about the scene with the two professors, you know, Udo Kier and the other guy, like, yeah. I feel like that, that should just be, uh, God forbid I say anything should be removed from this film, but that wouldn't yeah. be what I choose, you know? Yeah. yeah, I agree. But my point is still that the movie is, is meant to just be seen. Yeah. 
it, and experienced. Yeah, you don't even have to really even pay attention to the plot. Just right. look at you it. You got to hear it. You got to hear it though, too, because yeah. the 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 soundtrack's really important to it. Yeah, Goblin's Goblin's uh, main theme for that film is is really quite extraordinary. Right. Uh, it's one of the few Goblin songs I I bought off of um, iTunes. Um, Let's see them live if they come near you. Yeah. My God, they're put on such a great live show. Even though it's not the same, it's not all the same guys who were in this, but you know. Yeah. yeah. But it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful piece of music and right. uh, the main theme in particular, although the whole score is very good, but, yeah. um, but yeah, the main theme is, is, uh, is excellent. And, uh, but yeah, it, it's just a, a beautiful film um, filled with some really cool imagery. A lot of, uh, there's some really cool violence if you're into that. Um, which is kind of what Argento does. He loves he loves his ultraviolence. Um, but yeah, I guess that would be my final thought. I mean, if you haven't seen Suspiria, I would recommend it. Yeah, see it, see it, see it again. Highest, the highest resolution you can find. I'll even recommend the. Uh, I'll even recommend the remake because um, mm. I, I did not. I thought it was a little long, and I yeah. thought um, it could have been a little tighter. But other than that, I thought it was really, really well done remake. And I liked it. Yeah, that's. I'm not anti remake, but I I know I've mentioned on the show before some films like this one. I didn't see the remake because I'm like, well, how are they going to do it better? How how is it possible? You know, we've already done it perfectly. Yeah. Um, but this is a wholly different animal. So check that out too. It's yeah, it's it, worth the time. That's why I send you the message I did to be like, if you're gonna watch the remake, right? Do not think of them in any sort of way being connected because no. uh, and you, I never do. I always yeah. try to be there for the ride of the remake, you know. Yeah, but usually you usually like remakes tend to still kind of try and stick to certain things. Right. Uh, yeah, it, outside it, of having a cameo from you know Susie, I forgot her name. Jessica Harper. Jessica Harper. Yeah, yeah. like there's nothing to do with it. I mean, yeah, the name it's ostensibly the, the basic plot. Uh, yep. American American dancer goes to German academy for dancing, right. and they're it's run by witches. That's ostensibly the only thing they have in common. Right. Um, you know, a couple character names, uh, and it's a very different film. And uh, I do, I, I recommend it too. I, I was yeah. very pleasantly surprised by it. I, because uh, it was, Suspiria is one of only, one of my, for years, I was like, uh, you know, people would be like, when they talk about remakes, it'd be like, look, I think anything could be remade unless right. it's like a personal, you know, a real work of art that somebody had made. And I'm like, you can't remake right. Suspiria. You can't remake The Exorcist. Right. Um, and apparently you can make remake Suspiria. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, holy shit, you can't make Suspiria. That means everything's anything on the table. Right. The only thing I would say now is you can't remake um, a personal statement. Like, you couldn't. No, remake. no. You could not. I mean, I, I suppose you could try to remake, like, The Seventh Seal. Um, right. But that would be a thing. Like, why would you? Um, right. I mean, obviously, you can't remake David Lynch uh, no. because he's very specific. Uh, I don't think you could remake Bergman. Um, I don't think you could remake Hanukkah unless you are Hanukkah. Um, right. you know, I, uh, you know, Jodorowsky, ready of them. Yeah. Yeah. Jodorowsky. Um, I think it turns out that Argento had made, uh, uh, because he had made a movie that was surface level, mm -hmm. it became fair game. And, right. um, even though, you know, he made a very, very specific movie in terms of visual style, someone could say, I actually can make that movie again differently. 
Right. And so, I mean, yeah, it's uh, as far as remakes are concerned, I, I was very pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you get two Tilda Swintons, so, you know, there is that's Swinton. double your money. Two yeah. of them. Two of them. Yep. That's double your money right there. Very true. <sighs> well, I guess that about wraps us up. Uh, I don't have any other final thoughts. So, uh, did you want to plug the uh, the Texas trans thing again? Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. In, in general, yeah. I mean, obviously, we've talked a little bit about, you know, fascism in America earlier tonight and uh, on our show. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, as, as usual, as we have been for the last few weeks, I mean, just reminding you that um, uh, there are charities such as uh, TX Trans, which is trying to help uh, fight back against the very draconian and evil uh, legislation trying to be formed there, which is trying to take, uh, you know, arrest parents of trans children um for child abuse um uh for supporting trans children uh florida is doing uh you know the don't say gay stuff <clears throat> um trying to claim that uh uh children are being indoctrinated into the lgbtq agenda uh you know there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on that the gop is trying to uh really wage a war i think on lgbtq uh, the war they're going to end up winning because they have the Supreme Court, so it's uh, important to stop this shit now. <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope not. Yeah, yeah. They um. Well, at least in the short term. I mean, we yeah. try to look fucked in a lot of ways. Yeah, but uh, but you can help support yeah. uh, uh, support the fight against it, and uh, yeah, that is that is something that you can do out there. The fight uh, for a better future always starts today. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and with our children and. Yep. Uh, which uh, neither Sam or I have children, but um, we uh, we care about the children. We think yeah. they're they are. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this not too long ago. I can't remember what I was referenced to, but I was thinking uh, in terms of, you know, if we don't, uh, you know, if we don't support youth and and these changes that are happening, uh, you know, socially and culturally, uh, right. they're going to just rise up and kill us. You know, yeah. uh, you know, uh, and, and rightfully so, you know, it's Neanderthal and Cro-Magnon, you know, it's, it's, mm. it's Magneto versus Xavier, you know, like, uh, if we don't support these that support them now, when it comes time for them to save us, they will not. And, uh, and they're going to be what we end up relying on. So, yeah. uh, not to be overly dramatic, but, uh, right. but you know, uh, if there is a future for our species, it's them. And, yeah. uh, and we can't let the, uh, GOP kill them. So, yeah. The only future uh, worth having is one where it's all of us together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and That's we got to remember that. Yeah. Well, no, not them. I mean, I mean, people of, of right minds and right hearts. <laughs> also, uh, if you live in, in Texas, so you live in Florida, uh, vote right. Yeah, I vote these assholes out, right? Or anywhere, uh, vote yeah. vote Lauren Bobert out of office, wherever the hell right. I don't know where she's from, but Colorado, Colorado, vote Colorado, Colorado District Three, yeah, get her out of there. Yeah, um, <laughs> I only know that because every time she's in the news, I see people tweeting like, "Hey, I'm from District Three in Colorado. Are you gonna do anything for us one of these days, or yeah. are you just gonna post your stupid camera. bullshit?" Right. Anyways, <laughs> misspell Mickey Mouse on Twitter. Right. Anyway, well, check yeah. us out next week. Uh, yes. 
doing uh Jessica Scott's coming to do an opera with us. So opera. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And until then, you know, just uh watch out for each other. Uh always remember to be kind and rewind, but mostly just be kind.